Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably, maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan. And guys, I love being on this podcast. If you if you guys could listen in to the moments before the show uh, when somebody... <laughs> It feels like every week says something about an auction that they're in, which is this case uh, this week, or, or maybe a trade proposal that went down uh, that doesn't sound quite right to anybody out there. Um, it's great talking to these two guys, Matt Price, Ryan McDowell. Guys, uh, we are so close to football. In fact, it's just, just days away, hours away for some of those that are listening to this right now. There's going to be quote unquote real football, Matt, uh, not that far from now, uh, you got to be just as soaked as I am. Yeah, you know, we always get hyped for this Hall of Fame game, and it's always fun that it's, it's the first kickoff. It's the first time we see Don't these do players this. in the NFL uniforms again. Don't but, do this. You know, come on. <laughs> no, this is a celebration. <laughs> I'm going to say It's yeah, a it celebration. Thank you, Ryan. It is a celebration. It is a celebration. Uh, but, you know, like – Sometimes we don't even see the rookies that we want to see. So we're, we're all going to watch it. We're all going to enjoy it. We're going to watch every single second of it. At least I am. And we're going to yeah. love it. And then after afterwards, I'm going to feel like, what did I just do with the last three hours? <laughs> Who was Well, that hopefully guy? it's an entertaining game. Hopefully there's something to glean out of the uh, what we see in Canton. Uh, Ryan, you... You're the one saying, uh, don't do this. Don't do this. You'd love preseason football (laughs) as much as anybody I know. I just love football. I'm glad it's back. Uh, Training camp is fully underway. I know we talked about it last week as as things were just getting started with the the Jets and uh, who is it? Jets and Browns. Who are we even watching on Thursday? I think it's Jets and Browns. Um, But yeah, now every every team is is uh, out there and. You know, we're we're getting the bad news as well. We're getting the injuries and and those things, and and a lot of other weird stories. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure what's going on this this preseason or this training camp, but uh, it it definitely is keeping dynasty managers on their toes. Yeah, we're we're gonna try to do the best we can to talk about everything we can in uh, a little under an hour. And there's so much we could talk about this week, including Aaron Rodgers doing more for the Jets than he ever did for the Packers. Matt uh, Saquon finally signs a contract <laughs> and reports to camp. Uh, Joe Burrow suffers that injury. There's been news almost out of every camp of somebody either getting nicked up or somebody being unhappy with a contract. Are we reacting to really any of this stuff or, or the headline stuff here, Matt? And we'll get to um, JT here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I think I am reacting a little. I mean, not that I have any of him and I wasn't seeking to purchase or, or acquire any of Josh Jacobs, but he does does scare me a little bit. Like he seems real serious about it. He made a comment about sometimes you have to do stuff for the thing for the for the people that come after you. Um, and I don't know. I just have a, a, a feel about about him that you know, he might actually, I mean, he's already reported that he's not going to show up to camp at all, which is not a huge surprise. I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to sit out the whole season, but he's clearly not happy. And players that aren't happy are, are players that I generally am, am trying to 
to to to stay away from a little bit. So um, he's one of these headlines that I am worried about. Yeah, good advice there. One of anything for you, Ryan, that has jumped off. I was going to say Jacobs as well. I'm I'm with Matt. That that yeah situation feels real. I mean, the Barkley thing. Barkley was kind of hedging even from the start. Uh, that one didn't feel as far as a potential holdout. Didn't feel. Uh, as serious as, as the Jacob situation does. Um, um, you said, are we reacting? I, I think in, in some ways, and, and it, I guess it comes down to your league, but I think we have to be ready to react to anything and everything we have to, I mean, this is the time, you know, e- even more so than, than the regular season. This is the time it feels like anything could happen at any time of the day mm-hmm. that these guys, because these guys are on the field so much, including, uh, mornings and evenings. Uh, we're getting news blurbs all the time. You know, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a late rookie draft and, and you're reacting to some highlight, uh, highlight clips you saw. Maybe you are, you know, Dan, you and I have been in a, a free agent auction in some of our leagues, and we, we've certainly seen that impacted by the start of training camp. Uh, and, and maybe your, maybe your waiver wire is just already open and, and you're ready to pluck those guys that you, uh, that you hear about or read about. So yeah, I think you have to react in some way to everything. Yeah. There was some Marvin Mims hype, of course, on Monday because of the injuries uh, going on in that wide receiver room over there in Denver, there's dynasty managers reacting to that. My, I threw that Aaron Rodgers things in, in there because I'm just, I'm so <laughs> tired of it. I'm so jaded. I'm bitter. Are, man. I, go, I have man. some hatred right now and maybe someday I'll get over it, but it won't be today. I know that. Uh, we're going to try to identify how many players are currently worth multiple first round picks on this week's episode. We're also covering some scary RB twos and RB threes in a cash dash and future trash segment. But first we got to get to this startup because it is important. The startup. Yeah, we kind of hinted at a few of the news things that have happened in the last week or so, guys. But the biggest thing that happened over the really over the last uh, few months, couple months, I would say, maybe argue, is the Jonathan Taylor story that's still kind of happening over there in Indianapolis. It's a weird one. There was a back and forth between JT and his reps. Uh, and then Indianapolis's owner, Jim, Jim Ursay, and a lot of it happened on Twitter, of course. JT is going into the final year of his rookie contract. And he it seems to me, fellas, that he feels disrespected. Maybe this running back conversation in the NFL and how running backs are paid is fueling part of this. But Taylor, there was some back and forth about he was injured and then he said he's not injured. Maybe his representatives kind of pushed the truth on that thing. It's a it's a weird situation. Ursay says he's not going to deal uh, his star running back. Is there a dynasty angle here, Ryan? Because my my brain tells me this is all going to get cleaned up over the next week, two weeks, three weeks as the season approaches. And if I'm if I'm adjusting rankings because of what's happening with Jonathan Taylor and and the news, he was in camp on Monday. Uh, I, I don't think that's the right move just yet. Yeah, I'm not adjusting rankings. And, uh, and I mean, if you're seeing any discount, whether you're talking about a draft or on the trade market, if you're seeing any discount, I, I would certainly view Scoop it up. JT. Yeah, I would certainly view JT as, as a buy low if, if that's a, a possibility. But big picture, this one, 
scares me more, even more than the Josh Jacobs situation, because Jacobs. Yeah, this one, this one is personal. I don't think this is about money. Um, We didn't hear much about JT's contract, even, I mean, obviously he would be looking for a new contract, as you said, going into the final year of his deal, but it's different than Barkley. It's different than Jacobs. It's different than Dobbins because it's personal between, between Taylor and this, you know, what can we say? This, this, this crazy owner that uh, of the Colts, <laughs> well Jim Irsay. Uh, I was, what's the, what's the nicest way we can say that? No, that's and, good. I mean, as, as soon as I heard the report of that Taylor was going to meet with Irsay, it was just like, Oh, this, this is, this is bad news. You know, this is not going to go well uh, because every, essentially everything we hear from Ursay is, is crazy talk. It's, it's out there. Uh, I mean, we've seen the pictures on Twitter and we've seen, you know, things from him that just aren't representative of your typical uh, NFL owner or, or successful uh, business person in general. So no, I'm I'm not surprised at the comments from Ursay. I'm not surprised that meeting did not go well. And I don't think this is about money. I don't think they can give JT a new four-year, you know, $70 million deal or something like that. And and everything's good. Um I think I think he wants out and he wants away from Jim Ursay. Mm, yeah, see maybe we're seeing it from two different perspectives then. Because really, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, Jonathan Taylor doesn't have any leverage in the situation. He's still on his rookie contract. He's get, Unless he's willing to sit out the entire season and hopeful that that changes the, the mindset of the Colts and they trade him for even less a year from now, which is silly, really. We all know the lifespan of a running back. He's He's got a report. Now, um, Maybe he decides to do this whole hold-in thing that that we've seen here in the past few years since the most recent CBA, and he shows up, and, and maybe that's what, what started. There were reports that he, he got to camp, had the physical, reported some back pain, said he couldn't uh, practice because of it, and was going to try to do this hold-in, and then Ursay said, well, if you if you got injured, it wasn't at this facility because you weren't here for off-season uh, workouts we'll just put you on that li- on the list and you won't get paid. So maybe there was some bad, he got some bad advice in the middle of this thing and his representatives told him to do this as a way to hold out or hold in. Um, either way, there's very little leverage for either side, honestly, because the Colts are not a good team. They don't have a second running back on the roster that's really a starting caliber running back. And they have a rookie quarterback who needs protection and needs needs a running game, to be honest with you. And we all expect him to play a high percentage of football games this season. So the Colts are in a bad spot. Jonathan Taylor's in a bad spot. And honestly, I do think that this goes away with that four-year, $70 million contract and the $15 million guaranteed in year one. And all of a sudden, Taylor's back is, is in real good shape, and he's right there in camp and playing uh, in week one. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna give him a huge contract. I really, I really don't don't see that. We just haven't seen that with the market. We see we see, we see all these running backs frustrated. I think Jonathan Taylor will be the next one in line, and he's in the worst spot because if he if he does sit out or whatever, he he just forward he just loses that year of eligibility towards free agency. So he he doesn't gain that extra year that's going to be so important to him coming up. Or maybe it won't be important. You know, I mean, it's probably important to him, but 
in terms of getting that big contract, getting hitting free agency for these running backs hasn't really worked out, right? So uh, I don't know. I'm with Ryan on this one. I'm 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 really afraid of this situation. I think the one maybe silver lining is if he does manage to get traded or somehow get out of Indianapolis. It might be Not better for his long-term production, to be honest with you. With Anthony Richardson there, you know he's going to take a bunch of touchdowns. You know he's not going to throw to him. He's going to cap that PPR upside. So I'm worried about Taylor anyway. Um, and we're going to talk about running backs in the next segment. I, I, uh, but, uh, I mean, he's not somebody that I'm willing to pay two first for at this point. He just I feel a little bit deer in headlights in this situation because I'm certainly not paying what somebody is going to ask for him. Um, but I also don't want to sell him. If I have him on my team, I don't want to sell him for that first. There's, maybe there's no leverage, either. man. No, there, no, there's no, direction. no leverage for him. There's no leverage for him to get out of Indianapolis either. <clears throat> not, not only the contract, but also to get out of town. Why would the Colts trade him and, and who's going to take him on? Because that team's going to have to be willing to give him that big contract as part of that trade. So they have to negotiate the trade on top of nego- negotiating the new salary and contract. It, it's just not going to happen. They have to mend fences. That's the only logical conclusion. And that's going to come earlier than than later, to, in my opinion. There's just not enough leverage on either side. The Colts can't afford either to, to have their best player, uh, most likely their best player, sit out part of the regular season with, with this brand new quarterback, a coaching staff that they're excited about. It's, I don't think it's going to happen. He'll be back in, by week three uh, of the preseason. I, I guess I won that argument. Let's, let's move on. You certainly talked the most anyway, so. You, you, you wore me down. You wore me down. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a wait and see situation. It does, it does to me, like I said, feel different than, than the other running backs. Yeah, um, I get that. And I mean, maybe that's because, you know, these other teams, Barkley with the Giants and Dobbins and uh, whoever else, I mean, they're doing business. They're handling their business. The team is handling theirs. And with the Colts, again, we have this owner who makes things personal and public. And and that's why we're, you know, that's why we're getting this view of this situation. And that's why we never put anything about Matt, what we really think about Matt on Twitter. We just, we just talk right. personally between each other. Let's move Keep on and talk some trade. Let's talk trade. Matt, we may talk behind your back about you, but I got to say, this is a good segment that you came up with. Let's talk trade. Picks for players. Let's try to come up with a consensus of what players are worth multiple first-round draft picks. We'll try to sprinkle in some talk about guys who, uh, or maybe the bottom tier of who is worth more than a first-round draft pick as well. But it really starts at the top, and we're going to, we're going to, talk about have this conversation in the spectrum of super flex so we can include some of these quarterbacks, Matt. Um, But when it comes to multiple first round picks, the top tier of players, typically you start thinking about three first rounders, right? That's, that's kind of the, the most you see a player go for uh, on the trade market. Yeah. I mean, in super flex, I mean, even if you, if you have Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, even then it feels like, what am I gaining by trading this guy from three first, unless it's like your only asset on the team and you're just really trying to tear it down, you know? So even these top quarterbacks and super flex, it feels like it should be more than that. But just realistically, like if we're just talking picks, which I, I would imagine these kind of players do not go for just picks too often. 
Um, but this this top group of quarterbacks, these top eight or so, I think are definitely in there, uh, Dan. And then I got a couple of wide receivers. And I did put Bijan here. I think you got Bijan in this tier as well, three plus first for him. And I think like in a vacuum that I probably wouldn't do that but i i can't say that because i did just trade for Bijan. i just traded traded aj brown uh, a, a a first in 2025 a second in 2025 and i think chase brown or something like that which is probably a little bit more than three firsts for Bijan robinson but that team is strong contender just stacked everywhere else uh and it needed a running back so i went and did it so in general i think yeah, i would I, not be playing for three firsts for Bijan, but in certain situations i think it's warranted yeah and we'll get to the specific names here in a minute i I think I did this exercise of based on value rather than if I would pay this much for the player. I, I tried to I tried to weigh it as okay if I if I manage a team with this specific player on it, am I asking for three firsts or, or an equivalent of that? And if I'm selling or excuse me, if I'm if I'm buying the player, am I willing to to get at least close to three first? There's kind of a middle ground in these conversations, as we all know, when we're when we're in these negotiations for, for trading. So Ryan, it's, it really starts with these quarterbacks in super flex leagues. And I think there's a conversation to be had towards the bottom of this tier of players that are worth multiple first round picks, let alone three full first round draft picks. Where did you find that line in among the quarterbacks? Yeah. So Matt mentioned uh, eight quarterbacks. I've actually got seven in, in my list. Um, so I've got, of course, Mahomes, Allen Hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Uh, I think probably Fields would be the kind of the next one in the conversation. Maybe that's the one that Matt was referring to. Yep. And, but I mean, I, I do certainly agree with him that, uh, that some of those guys are worth more than three first. Uh, so this is maybe a, a, a three Three or more three first round picks. It, it, yeah, three and a player or, or three or more. I mean, honestly, like it might take it might take six first to get <laughs> Mahomes or, or somebody like yeah. like why would you you know why would you yeah you're up, not trading Josh that, Allen for three firsts that that's and right. that's why we framed it as three plus uh, right you know it, it really in this quarterback conversation. And I want to give the caveat that it really depends on your league. I play in two leagues that are exactly the same. They have the exact same rules. It's salary cap, but but one's on the internet, one's a local league. And I will tell you that in one league, it's impossible to find a quarterback. You cannot get them unless you have a high draft pick and you pick them or you pay an astronomical amount in free agency and rarely do any good quarterbacks hit free agency. In the other league, exactly like it, quarterbacks are traded relatively regularly. They're moved around, um, and and the salaries are are really not a factor in one league, and it is in another. So it really does depend on your league. There, there's probably listeners right now, Ryan, saying, "Whoa, I got three first rounders for Mahomes, and I was I was thrilled to get that because I had maybe I had two of the other names we've already talked about here." Um, but the truth is it really comes down to your league. I had the same seven names on my list for the, the quarterbacks. So really the conversation lies, Matt, with Justin Fields. I, I know you value that athleticism, that ability to score points and create that floor with their legs. Is that what creates that that higher value for Fields? And then specifically with him, are you willing to pay the three firsts for him? 
or is that just what you're looking for if you're if you're trying to trade him? Uh, I'm probably not necessarily paying. I mean, if somebody wants to just three straight first with nothing else, I think I think he's the line. Uh, I, I I'm not I'm not really worried about him. I, I think there's this narrative out here that if he doesn't play, if he does what he did last season, he's probably not going to be a starter the following season. I don't really put any stock in that. He's a highly drafted quarterback. If he's not playing here, he's going to be playing somewhere. This is not a Trey Lance kind of situation, uh, in my opinion. So, I mean, I would I would rather have Fields. Like, if I'm if I'm doing a startup draft, I'm taking Fields ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking Fields ahead of Joe Burrow. Probably that's the line for me. Um, so yeah, I, I just value him just as highly as the, those other guys. And that probably, if we're going to break these down by tiers, you know, not in that top tier, but probably that that the bottom of that second tier. Sure. That all makes sense. And then we have to transition this conversation, multiple first round picks for wide receivers and running backs. Matt, you already said you have Bijan Robinson in there and I, I really cringed and I really squinted and I, I tried to tried to get in the mind of dynasty managers everywhere. If I'm trying to sell D- Bijan Robinson in any league right now, that's what I want. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to move mm-hmm. him unless I get three first-round picks or the equivalent in value, unless I get one of these names at the quarterback position that we've already talked about or the receivers that we're, we're about to talk about. That's why I put Bijan in there. Ryan, you you kept his name off the list. If you're selling Bijan, I, I don't think you're selling him for two firsts right now. But if you're buying, you're you're buying for sure at that two first price tag. So what kept him off the list? Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, and and I guess I uh, approach this from a uh, from a buying standpoint. If I were going to trade for that player, and uh, I mean Bijan is my dynasty RB one, like like all of us here, and and like most people at this point but it's really just the way I team build and the way I value those future assets that I'm not giving, I'm not going to pay three future first for, for any running back. So, uh, I mean, I recognize that that two first rounders is not going to be enough to buy him in 99% of leagues, maybe a hundred percent of leagues. And I mean, that's just, okay. That's, that's again, that's just kind of my team building strategy. Um, I understand I'm not going to get them or get that player, but that's that's the reality of it. And then as we transition to the wide receiver position, there are two names that all three of us put on the list. Three yeah. first round picks. All all of our listeners know those two names. It's Justin Jefferson. It's Jamar Chase. Elite players, young players, uh, college teammates even. These guys are worth multiple Crazy. first rounders. Probably got to throw in a player as well. Um, you know, I've seen them traded here recently. I looked at the trade finder as well. These guys are typically going for multiple first rounders and then a player that we're going to talk about later. Even those are the types of trades that it takes to, to pry Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase away. I don't think we have to waste too much time on those two names. We, we all know that there were three, maybe even four first round picks in any league, regardless of the scoring system. Ryan, is there another name that you considered on the wide receiver market that you considered putting with these two uh, young studs from LSU? Not really. I, I think, um, I mean, I think currently in our ADP, AJ Brown is the wide receiver three, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe CD Lamb. Those two have kind of gone back and forth in recent months. Um, I, I just think those two are, are the beginning of what's a pretty large wide receiver tier. 
Uh, I do have some favorites in that tier and, and I might be able to, you know, if I'm, if I'm going shopping with my two future first rounders, uh, I might, might be willing to add to that to, to get one of those guys that I prefer. Uh, but I don't think I would go up to that, that three range for any of those. Yeah. uh, That's, that's kind of how I felt about it too. And especially if you're going out there shopping for a wide receiver one, a stud to build your team around, and you have two first rounders, the comp, uh, immediately you say, I'm going to package these two first rounders along with another good player or, or high-end asset to get up to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But Matt, immediately you're going to find out that it better be AJ Brown or it better be Jalen Waddle or Amon Ross St. Brown that you're adding to those first, those two firsts to get up to those guys, there's, there's a definite tier break. Oh, oh, absolutely. There is. And like the next, the next group of, of guys is, you know, six, seven deep. So yeah, like we, we talk about tearing down these cascading trades and, and with these really elite assets, I think that's really the move. If you are going to move off of them, whether it's one of these quarterbacks, you know, you're tearing down from Patrick Mahomes to Trevor Lawrence and picking up a wide receiver or running back or a pick or whatever. The same thing with these top two wide receivers. They're just so cost prohibitive right now that if you're trying to buy one, like you must, you just have to have be stacked with assets all over the place. You've got, you should probably have a a couple of these second tier wide receivers uh, or multiple first round picks uh, in in addition to the ones that you're going to move for them, because they're just going to drain your bank account uh, unless you can, uh, just kind of tear down and pick something else up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're worth that, but it's it, it's going to hurt. I play in four <laughs> leagues. I looked. I played in four leagues where one manager has Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Oh, yeah. Chase. I have a couple leagues like that, too. Yep. It's brutal. But it's me and two uh, of them. So. Ah, <laughs> humble break. Uh, let's move on to the two-plus future first, the players worth uh, that amount. So we – we meaning me and Ryan, we both had Justin Fields listed as quarterbacks in this tier worth two plus first round picks, Matt. Um, I guess if we're going by consensus here, there's two of us and one of you, I I guess Fields ends up in this tier who additionally is worth multiple first round picks, but not quite at the same level as some of the names we've already talked about at the quarterback position. Uh, yeah, for me, it's the it's the kind of the next tier, including some of the young guys. It's Watson. It's Murray, who I think is maybe the most undervalued quarterback in Dynasty right now. Um, Anthony Richardson, Dak Prescott, uh, on down to Tua, and then the other two uh, rookies as well, Bryce Young and CD, C, uh, excuse me, CDJ Stroud. I just don't think that those are players that even those two young guys, you're probably, I mean, why would someone move them for a single first at this point, or even maybe a first and a second or a first and a, you know, peripheral piece. You just pay the 102, 103, 104 kind of range for these guys. Uh, so that's what it's going to cost for them. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm necessarily paying two plus first for the, for the rookies outside of Richardson. Um, but I think that's, that's the price. So I, I really struggled with a couple names on, on that list there. And it was Tua Tungvaloa and Dak Prescott. Those were the two names. And Ryan, I'm looking over your list right now. Those yep. are the two that you left out. You're not yep. willing to go to that two first price tag. The reason I added them to the list is because if I'm selling them, I'm, I'm not letting them go for less than yeah. that, for sure, in a super flex league. Uh, you already said you're doing this as a buyer. If you're out there on the market looking for a quarterback, if you're selling, I'm imagine I imagine you're not letting them go for less than two firsts. 
Yeah, it sounds like all three of us kind of approach this with different mentalities, yeah. whether it's buyer or just just trying to identify the current market. And I, I think that's you know I think that's a good thing to offer mm-hmm. different perspectives. Uh, and I do agree with you. If I've if I've got Dak, if I've got Tua, certainly I'm trying to get two first round uh, picks for either of those guys. Uh, but but let's be honest, know, Ryan. If you got those two guys, you're not selling them in a super flex. Probably not. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're not out on the market shopping them. No, but but if if somebody you know if somebody knocks on the door, that's that's the uh, initial uh, the initial price for those guys. But like I said, I, I, I'm not not willing to pay that price either. So I did leave my uh, leave those two guys off my list. Uh, I had most of the names that Matt mentioned. Uh, Fields, as you already said, the three rookies, Richardson, Young, and Stroud, are there along with Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Kyler Murray is a really interesting one because he, yeah. he, because of the injury, because of the situation and the state of everything going on down there in Arizona, there are a lot of dynasty managers that are sour, that, that don't feel so great about what's going on with him and, and maybe even his upside once he's healthy once again. Um, I, I accidentally left Kyler off my list. He's absolutely worth a couple of first-round picks. Still, in fact, I think he's a buy right now. I, I love the discount yeah. that we're getting on Kyler Murray. If you're out there looking for a franchise quarterback, whether it be super flex or even single quarterback because of the discount you get over there, Kyler is a guy to target uh, because so many dynasty managers seem to be sour on that. Let's move on to running backs here. Um, this is going to be a fun conversation. I only listed one, and I already mentioned Bijan was in that first tier, that, that tier of three-plus rookie picks, uh, first-round rookie picks. I only listed Brees Hall. I I left Jameer Gibbs off this list, and I know both of you guys had him on multiple first-rounders, whether super flex or I I imagine even in single quarterback, you're you're thinking that's the value. Maybe I'm a little lower on Gibbs than you guys are. Hall already proved it. Gibbs is getting all the, I guess, pub out of Detroit right now and, and how they're moving him around the formation and getting a lot of creative looks for him to get the ball in his hands. That's all great. I I think, I think there's a tear break there. Talk me out of it, Matt. I mean, I I don't, I think that if there is a tear break, it's like a, like a, like a toothpick saying like, I like any tears ready to break, you know, like I I just, the the question marks around Brees Hall, uh, whether it's the, the injury, not starting, uh, starting camp on, uh, you know, still not hundred percent, whether it's this, this news that Dalvin might go there. It seems like Dalvin is pretty confident from the, I mean, who knows? Dalvin thinks a lot of things about himself, I'm sure. Uh, but he th- <laughs> he seems to think that he is going to sign with the jets. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, it's probably only a one year deal, but what if it's two years and we have Hall? Uh, you know, just, he's not getting all of the touches we thought he was going to get, going to get uh, if cook ends up there for at least this season, maybe two years. So those two things like combine push him down a little bit, me closer to the Gibbs area and Gibbs. I'm just so darn excited about, I just think getting him on that fast track in Detroit, ha- having him be basically the, the, the second option in the passing game, I think at least from the start until, until Jamison Williams gets back. Uh, he is just a very exciting, player i think he's the kind of player that you know he's he's in he's on that christian mccaffrey archetype you know not not quite the same size not quite as rugged as a runner but he's i just see him as the evolution of of the running back position and he's in that range for me if, if Brees hall is there absolutely gibbs is there for me 
Yeah, I mean, these two guys were almost teammates, right? Yeah. If if we believe yep. the if we believe the draft day reports, and that's that was that draft weekend, which uh, we we got to hang out together, was was kind of the beginning of my concern for Brees Hall's dynasty shares, at least the short term version of those. So I don't have Brees Hall on this list, uh, Dan. I think I told you this yesterday in in a in a separate conversation that I actually moved Gibbs up to my dynasty RB2. Mm. So I have two rookies topping my list. Uh, part of that is is the Brees Hall injury concern. Part of that is the Jonathan Taylor uh, issue that we already talked about. And and honestly, part of that is is just buying into the hype that has, uh, that has surrounded Jameer Gibbs really since he entered the league. So those are the two running backs I have in this uh, two first round pick range. I, I don't have Hall or... Uh, Taylor or, or anyone else. Yeah. I, I guess I just had Hall. I I've seen it from Hall and I really do feel like if Brees Hall doesn't suffer that injury and I know we can't do that, we can't erase that from our memory or, or the record books or anything like that. If that doesn't happen, we're talking about Brees Hall and B. John Robinson yeah. being the, the top tier of running backs right now. And I, I get it what you're talking about there, Ryan, the, the, the note that we got, uh, the blurb that we all read about what could have happened there in New York, but man, Brees Hall was electrifying those, those nine or 10 games that he played. And even if he gets to 90% of what he was before that, that's a long ways to go for any rookie running back to reach that level. He was so good. So that's why yeah. Hall is there for me. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And, and uh, I recognize that I'm in the minority on this one, uh, not having Hall in that group. But to me, there's just a, a slight gap between the two rookies and Hall. And it is because of what the Jets have been telling us. It's not, uh, it's not just uh, being interested in Gibbs on draft day, but it's being interested in Cook. It's keeping uh, those, those three running backs that we've seen uh, production from, or the two, I'm sorry, the two plus uh, the rookie of Anaconda, uh taking those guys all into camp. And to me, a, a really good chance that all four of those guys make the roster. If, if Dalvin does land there, I have, I have no idea what will happen to, uh, to guys like Carter or, or Knight, but it just feels like all signs this off season have been pointing to Brees Hall's not ready, possible pup situation. Yeah, that that's all true. I, I guess I continue to look at that coaching staff comes from the tree of of, of Shanahan and and the 49ers. And for years they had they had not only three but maybe even four or five running backs in training camp that you thought, man, that guy if he gets the chance, he's proven he could do it. So I, I really feel like that that coaching tree and it, every coach that comes off of it really values the position differently, knows that they have to have four or five, even six running backs that could contribute at some point. And I think that's where all of this comes from. More than likely, you know, more, more often than not, there's one guy that leads the train in, in these systems. And whoever that is, is the guy you want. I, that's Brees Hall, man. When he gets on the field, I can't wait to see him play. Uh, once again here in 2023 Matt you had you added a couple tight ends to this tier the right. the tight ends that are worth two plus first round picks tell me about those guys 
It's uh, it's Pitts, of course, and Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I just I'm so excited about this new Ravens offense with Todd Munkin. Uh, so I mean, it, Andrews is going to have a little bit more target competition this year with hopefully a healthy Bateman, the rookie Flowers, and of course OBJ in, in town, right? So there's going to be more competition, but I feel like Andrews is still going to be the top guy. And if there's anybody that's going to unseat Kelsey as the tight end one this season, I feel like it would be uh, Andrews. Uh, Pitts, obviously, we still have going to have volume concerns, but you know, from a from a peripheral metric standpoint like he improved from his rookie season in a lot of ways uh so uh we just need to see a higher volume passing offense with him so i'm not i'm not giving up the fight with Pitts. he's still uh, a late second early third round startup pick for me um so yeah he belongs here i would pay two first easily i've paid more i've paid more than that in the past so this is almost like a discount for me yeah, I get that, and and you're kind of the piss apologist here, so we're we're gonna continue to do that. He could he could be the tight end eighteen this year, and I think we'd hear it again next year. I'm That's buying right. the discount. Ryan, did you consider uh, a tight end in this tier? No. <laughs> no. Ryan's just laughing. He's got no words. He's just started started giggling over there. Oh, Matt's Matt's like I paid seven first rounders for Pitts a couple weeks ago, so this is Listen, a steal. I paid last off season, real real early in the off season. I sent Jalen Hurts for Kyle Pitts, and that hurts a lot. Yeah, it, it hurts. But <laughs> there are uh, we. I didn't consider a tight end here either. Squarely worth a first round pick, both Pitts and Andrews, and maybe you could yeah. maybe you could add another tight end if you really wanted to, but. Um, those two guys are, are worth a first plus. You got to throw in another pick, another couple picks, maybe maybe a veteran player, something like that to to pry those guys away. Typically for me, but from either perspective, whether you're selling or buying, I couldn't get up to to two firsts. Um, when it comes to wide receivers, we had the same we had the same guys. All three of us had the same six players. It's AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Chris Olave. Is there any other guys that that are close, fellas? Uh, JSN is pretty close for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I haven't been quite there. I think he's a he's worth a first and maybe a couple of second, maybe a second and a third, a whole package of picks, something like that. Yeah. I guess he's probably the closest. Ryan, is there somebody else for you? Uh, JSN would be close for me for sure. And uh, Drake London mm, would be yep, kind of yep. next in line for me, probably. Yeah, Drake London. And actually, Devonta Smith was the other name that I considered or maybe maybe briefly considered. Uh, I could see Smith having a really big season and, and catapulting. Yep. And, and, you know, there, he's sharing the limelight there with A.J. Brown. But with that quarterback and that offense, that could go really well. Uh, let's talk quickly about one more than one first round pick guys is there when you're when you're talking about let's start with the running backs because i i just wrote there's so many players i didn't even yeah. start start yeah. listing them i had a little bit of a problem with both of your lists at the running back position i really honestly think if if you're looking at the rankings or or over on dlf or if you're looking at adp and that age situ it, where it says age if it says 27 or a higher number than that that player's name should not be worth a first round pick. Well, I'm I'm paying a, I'm paying a, a late first round pick. Presumably, the only way I'm doing this is if I'm strong contender, contender, and I'm I'm counting on you know two to three hundred touches for one season. Like that's that to me that amount of volume. On a You're talking contender. about McCaffrey, Eckler, 
somewhat somewhat Chubb. argue Derrick Henry too. Chubb, Bar- Barkley, uh, Paul- Pollard for me. I think he's going to have a, a ton of volume this year. And then if it's not one of those guys, it's for one of the you know one of the rookies that I, I th- or, or or younger backs that I think could break out. So. Yeah, I don't really have a big problem with Charbonnet. Uh, really, any any of these really young guys. Um, it was the it was the older names, and especially with you, Ryan, I was I was a little surprised, especially after you said uh, you were looking at it from the buyer's perspective. I was surprised to see Derrick Henry, even Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, uh, to see those guys listed, that was that was a little of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about essentially guaranteed production uh, for at least one year with these guys and and not just production, but, uh, you know, potentially top three, top five production. And and I guess it goes along with the mindset that uh, that Matt mentioned that I've got a contending team. I know that first is going to be late. And, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I would buy those guys for first rounders in all situations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, get that. I, I think yeah, I think that's kind of the difference for me. Um, just thinking about those uh, likely playoff teams and uh, looking for those players who could push me over the top. Well, if we're Matt, sitting with this strong contender, like, and we and if we build these these teams the way we like to build, uh, running backs the last position we add, right? So to me, it makes I get a that. lot of sense to go ahead and move that capital when it's time to do it. Matt, who's the lowest rated quarterback in a super flex league that you're willing to give up a first round pick for? I'll give if up. It's the last piece. I will give up the 112 for Gino. No problem. I've been banging this drum. You guys have been making fun of me for weeks now. I just think sleeping on Gino this season is is the wrong move. Everything about the team got better, despite the t- both of their starting running backs being injured now. So maybe 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 we should have taken more Kenny McIntosh. But uh, no, I think Gino is set up to be to be an absolute stud again. I think he's easily a, a, a fringe quarterback. One, he was the quarterback five last season. Uh, and like I said, the team got better, so I'm happy to, to pay that. Ryan, same question for you, but over at the wide receiver position, is there is there a wide receiver specifically that you would you would give up a, a first round pick for that maybe other dynasty managers would say, whoa, I, I'm surprised that that I saw that deal. Probably not. Honestly, I, I was pretty. I felt like I was pretty conservative with my wide receiver list. Uh, I, well, there's Debo one Samuel. on there. I saw your list, and there's one on there to me that I th- I thought maybe some dynasty managers would say Kelvin Ridley. Nah, okay. I'm not giving up a first rounder for him, but I I agree. I would absolutely give up a first rounder for Ridley right now, especially considering everything that's going on in Jacksonville and all the hype right now. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe I overlooked him. Yeah, I did have Ridley on my list. Uh, I mean, 28 years old. He's the wide receiver, 27 in this ADP that we're talking about. I mean, my thought process on that was, yeah, maybe he has, you know, he's already 28, maybe he has a couple of years left uh, of really being dynasty relevant, but we've got Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, uh, Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams on this list as well. And I don't, I'm, I'm not putting him with those guys yet. I don't think that's fair uh, or, or reasonable, but if at the end of the year, you told me he outproduced two of those guys, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, and then at the tight end position, there's still lots of dynasty managers willing to give up that first-round pick for Travis Kelsey. I don't blame any of them if it's the last piece of a puzzle to win a win a title or go back-to-back back or back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Those kind of things are happening, and and 
you know, you, see, you look at the trade finder and it's happening for sure. Uh, let's get to our final segment here. Cash, stash, or future trash. You know, we try to focus on the positive here on the DLF Dynasty podcast, but we're, we're, we're dumpster diving right now. We're going to focus on the future trash, and that's the trash out of running back twos and running back threes. So right now, according to ADP, fellas, the RB2s in Dynasty are Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, uh, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and Zach Charbonnet. If you had to, if you had to pick some trash, future trash out of this heap of running backs, Matt, who would you choose? I mean, there's just so many to choose from. Uh, <laughs> um, Again, if, if their age is 27 or older, they're probably future trash, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to choose one of the older guys, though. I'm going to choose uh, somebody who feels like if you're just looking at it and not really like if you just see the name, the name value. DeAndre Swift at running back 22 seems like a really good price, but I, I just... I just think he's going to keep tumbling down the board. Uh, I, I just don't know how he fits really in this offense. Uh, Penny is going to be the stronger between the tackles runner. We know that Philly does not throw really to their running backs at all. We had Miles Sander have an incredible season on the ground last last season, but he still couldn't really reach the upper echelon of, of, of fantasy running backs because he wasn't catching passes. Uh, and the backfield is more diverse this year than it was last season. Uh, so I just... Uh, for him, I'm not even at the running back 22 level price. I'm not paying a first round pick for him. A second round pick is not going to get DeAndre Swift. The person who has DeAndre Swift most likely paid an early first for him or a mid first in, in, in the rookie draft or acquire, tried to acquire mm-hmm. him, him cheap after you know the the uh, after the Lions went out and got Jamal Williams and that that became like a whole thing uh, with his value as well. So I just think him think he's going to keep tumbling down the rankings. Uh, obviously, a very good young talented player in a very good situation, but I just don't see how he fits with this offense. Ryan, is there a guy for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you're not going to like this one, Dan. It's Damian Pierce for me. Uh, He's the player that I don't think fits in, uh, fits in this category. Um, I mean, I look at the production last year and while it felt like a, such a huge breakout season because he was that, uh, second or third round rookie pick. And he was the day, I don't know what, day three uh, NFL draft pick. Just not a guy we necessarily expected that production from. Big picture, it was just okay. He was the RB 25 on the season, I believe. And I mean, you think about that Houston Texans roster, it's just not what we uh, not what we envisioned for overall uh, good running back production. We know and we've seen it, we see it really every single year because they have not invested much. Like my mindset is that should be a, a good thing that they've proven themselves and that they're cheap. But the NFL teams continue to draft over these players uh, instead and, and, and push them down the depth chart. So, um, yeah, Damian Pierce at RB20, 67 overall. I just look at the running backs behind him and, uh, I mean, there's – Maybe maybe ten guys I'd rather have than Damian Pierce, so I, I think he's way too high. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, you know, I think all our listeners know that I'm a I'm a Damian Pierce supporter and feel like he's uh, he's got just as good a sophomore season as he did in his rookie year coming. So, um, 
I went with another name on on this list. Actually, I went kind of deep into it. I went RB twenty three. It's Cam Akers mm, down there yeah. in Los Angeles, and I, I get that there's dynasty managers all over right now saying, "Wait a minute, he's going to get all the volume." There's nobody else there. Sony Michelle retired. I can't believe that wasn't the wasn't the startup this week. Uh, but there's there's nobody else there to take these carries away, and I get that. It, uh, in fact, I agree with it. He's going to get the volume. If we don't see him hit 200 carries this year, I'd be relatively surprised. Um, and and honestly, in in that Los Angeles offense and that McVeigh uh, scheme, you want the running back typically, but. The truth is he's not a big part of the passing game and he never has been. Honestly, his rookie year, he only caught uh, 11 passes, only had 14 targets. And and he didn't break out till later in the season that year, of course, had the big injury in 2021. But even in 2022, when he came back healthy and still averaged over four yards per carry, 188 carries for 786 yards, missed a few games, but just 18 targets and 13 catches, guys. He's not a part of the passing game, and that limits his upside. I can't imagine why we have him as an RB2 still. It, it's completely volume-based, and I get that. But you mentioned maybe finding 10 names above Damian Pierce. I'd, I'd argue there might be 8 or 10 that I'd put in front of Cam Akers as well. So uh, he's the guy that I would call future trash out of this group. We all picked a different guy. Was there anybody else, Matt, that caught your eye that that really doesn't belong? I mean, we've I just feel like we've been dumping on Najee Harris for like <laughs> a month straight now, but he yeah uh, would be up. At, I just talked about how volume matters, though, and he's got he's got the volume coming. So it's, it, you, you're gonna push him the outside vo- the top twenty four. He had the volume last last season too. I'm not gonna push him outside the top twenty four probably, but uh, I, I'm not going to pay running back fourteen prices for him. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's bad, man. He was, he was stopped at the one and didn't score a touchdown on that same drive seven times last season for a back. Mm. That's 230 mm. pounds. I think that's from Rich Rebar. Um, so he's due. That he's due. He's due. Yeah. Regression is coming. So <laughs> for ignore everything I said. Well, especially for a running back that's known as a power back and a guy that that should be a goal line featured player uh, that that's a startling stat let's move on to the rb3s guys these guys i'll list them quickly alexander madison devin a chain rashad white kendra miller james cook isaiah pacheco david montgomery aj dillon delvin cook delvin cook James Conner, Alvin Kamara, (laughs) and Antonio Gibson. These are your RB3s right now, Ryan. If there's a name inside of this that doesn't belong, who's that future trash? Well, I was tempted to choose Isaiah Pacheco for essentially the same reasons as my Damian Pierce logic, but this is really where, this is really where Pierce should be valued. Uh, And, and so Pacheco, I think is, at RB 30 is, is fine, especially as a member of that chief's offense. I'll take the guy right behind him, the veteran, David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. He's RB 31 right now, uh, 90 overall. And you just, you know, you look at his production. He was, he was fine last year, uh, four RB one games, five RB two game, RB two games and finished as the, uh, RB 24 on the season. But I mean, he's just shown over the past two years, that steady decline, um, now he's on, on that Lions team, which uh, big picture is a good thing, but uh, we've already talked about uh, Jameer Gibbs and, and uh, what we expect his role in that offense to be. 
even if if David Montgomery is is uh, just getting that Jamal Williams role, I mean Williams led the league uh, easily in touchdowns last year and still was not an RB one. So um, it just feels like uh, like Montgomery is is destined to be an RB three at best. Like this feels like his ultimate ceiling and um obviously not getting any younger so just just not a guy i really want at this point you're not really buying guys at their ceiling that's not what you do ryan <laughs> i i would it, it's happened it's happened before but i try not to i would say i push back a little bit on that i just think the touchdown roll is good it's probably good enough to get him to running back two range uh pretty easily but i mean i'm, I'm certainly not targeting okay. david montgomery but with that with that i think he's a better jamal williams you can have him he's a better jamal williams right so um this th- nobody's better than jamal williams <laughs> have you seen those interviews not from a not from a personality standpoint no one is better than jamal oh okay that's gotcha. absolutely true um these this is a this group is actually tougher to pick than the other group because i'm i'm mostly fine with all of these guys at yeah, these too. prices you know like these prices are fine i think for all these especially the veterans like kamara way down at rb35 we know that's coming up um but i will i'll pick mm-hmm. another old guy i'll st- I'll, I'll pick james connor here it's it's really just he's 28 years old it's on a bad offense it's it's, it's the easy pick i know you made fun of me two weeks ago when i was on the show he said always pick the easy one but that's the that's the only one that really makes sense to me the rest of these guys i'm okay with all of their prices some of them i think should be up in this in the running back two range honestly yeah i definitely agree with that there are names here that that could replace some of the names above and honestly you guys took the two 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 names that i i thought were the layups maybe david montgomery and james connor as the as the players i i guess i would say dalvin cook is the next next name and uh, it's only because he's a free agent and he thinks he's worth a lot, it seems. And maybe he thinks he's going to get that Jets contract, but I would imagine the, the the Jets brass is saying, yeah, we want you, but only at our price tag. And maybe that, that pivots him over to the Patriots or somewhere else. And I just don't know um, why in a startup draft right now you would draft Delvin Cook when there's some of those names below him. So... Um, I guess we, we covered all the older guys uh, in tier three, or at least the RB threes here as the future trash of the top 36 running backs. Any other names worth mentioning here, Ryan? Um, I mean, I would actually kind of push back on Connor and, and uh, Dalvin a little bit. Um, I, I, I kind of like the price on both of those guys. I, I'm with Matt. It was, it was hard for me to pick a player. Uh, that I, I didn't really like the value of. Uh, really, Montgomery was the only one that stood out uh, of this group of 12. So I, I kind of like this group, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of lot to like here. We we mentioned the names Alexander Madison, Devin A-Chain, Kendra Miller, uh, James Cook even, Isaiah Pacheco. I, I was surprised you mentioned him, Matt or Ryan, because – I guess you, I guess you kind of step back on it because that that's seems like a fine price tag for a guy in an offense like theirs, of course. Um, yeah. I was then, just trying to say he, he kind of fits the same, the same storyline, the same narrative yeah. as Damian Pierce, but he's 10 spots lower. Like if Damian Pierce is right above, right below Pacheco, I, I don't have, you know, yeah, you, you wouldn't have listed him. Um, the other name that I wanted to bring up here quickly before we get out of here is AJ Dillon guys, because we already mentioned another Packers running back earlier. Aaron Jones is running back 21. That contract, uh, maybe not long for green Bay and AJ Dillon is in the same boat. His rookie contract ends after this year. 
How you how you feel about Dylan? He's a guy we we don't talk about that often, Ryan. I, I think the Packers are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I I love. I Dylan. forgot his you know, name. I, okay. <laughs> no, I did. Last year he was. Last year he was super expensive. Seemed to be trending up, and and we were already talking about Aaron Jones uh, possibly being off that roster as early as essentially right now. And um, so the fact that Jones stayed on, stayed with the team. Uh, Dylan didn't, you know, he had a fine 2022 season, but not necessarily a breakout season. We've seen the value drop significantly. He was, mm-hmm. he was as high as RB, uh, RB 18, I believe at one point in ADP. And now here he is as the RB 32. So um, uh, I love buying him now with an eye towards 2024. Yeah. Algiers, Demir, Jamil. Dylan, that's his name, right? Algiers Jamil. Uh, yeah, he should be close. Mm-hmm. There should not be an 11 spot <laughs> gap between Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dylan. They should be a lot closer. And I think Jones should be probably closer to where Dylan is now. Maybe both of them should be in the, the mid twenties instead of Dylan at the early thirties and, and Jones at the, at the early twenties. Um, but I absolutely agree. And I, and you guys had the love fest last week for Jordan love for two weeks ago, whatever it was. And I think Dylan is going to be a product of that because they're going to recognize how bad Jordan love is. They're going to run the ball they're not going to run the ball as much as the the bears and the falcons did last season but uh, you know a a, a notch below that would not surprise me at all for both of these running backs to just have massive season i think that's what we're getting this season i think we're going to have a run heavy offense with shots to christian watson and underneath stuff to to jaden reed i think that's what this offense is going to be run heavy like they're going to run like 42 percent of the time instead of 40 45 46 i doubt it yeah, you you weren't on board with the with the love for I'm love not, here not. a couple of weeks ago. We we caught some of that, and then then Jordan Love goes seven for fourteen in his first practice, and Matt's <laughs> Matt's telling me to step back on it. The next day, he let things up. So, did you see that, Matt? Nobody was squawking about Jordan Love when he's throwing dimes to Watson down the sideline and up the seam to Jim in underwear or in their, in their underwear with no pressure. We'll see. <laughs> all right, let's see what happens. We're we're gonna see how this all plays out. Follow us on Twitter. Get Ryan at Ryan mc23 matt's at matt price ff i'm d myler 22 and get the podcast at dlf podcast get your questions of the weekend we're going to try to get to that coming up we got lots of camp news we're going to talk about camp battles uh and some sleepers potentially here in the next few weeks as well so uh for matt and ryan i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.